very funnily went up to him and said, oh, Jermaine, is it? I thought it was very funny. He goes, you can call me <laughs> JJ, JJ if you want. This so the whole game I'm there, JJ, JJ. I even shortened it to J at one point. I was like, yeah. well, I scored and he didn't, so. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. It is time to uh, take a further look ahead to tomorrow's big test against the Springboks at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, half past five. Uh, delighted to be joined on the line this morning by Craig Reddy, South African rugby pundit. Morning, Craig, how are things? Hi, Shane, good, uh, good and you? Absolutely, keeping well, keeping well. A little bit nervous for tomorrow. We had um, our own uh, South African Stephen Kisby Green in the, in the studio with us yesterday, and he. He was saying South Africa by six, so he's really, really set the bar now for South Africa and made Ireland uh, underdogs. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna do the same with us this morning? You're gonna really, uh, really no. push it. <laughs> no way, no way. Ireland are underdogs in this one. Uh, the Springboks have been too inconsistent and erratic this season. I mean, they're good enough to beat Ireland, but uh, they also, you know, Ireland are good enough to beat the Springboks. So I know that sounds like fence sitting, but with the home ground advantage, I think a fit Johnny Sexton. I uh, see Hugo Keenan did make it through. I heard there was an injury card earlier about Hugo Keenan. So I just think the Irish pack is good enough to at least neutralize the Springbok pack. And um, yeah, with Sexton pushing them around the park, I, I think they have to start as favorites. But it's going to be narrow. I, I don't think it's going to be 38-3 or whatever it was <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> uh, like, How much, Craig, do we, do we read into the result of this game? Either way, it remains to be seen what the score would be. But... In terms of the fact that we're in the same World Cup pool, like, is there an element of shadow boxing about this match, or is it a case of look, that's that's far into the the future, not that far into the future, but there's an element of just get this game over with and then focus on the World Cup? Or how, how do you how do you see that element of it? Yeah, I th- look, I think both sides want to win, right? It's a it's a massive test. I don't think it's about world ranking. I really don't think that anyone's thinking about who's going to be number one at the end of this year. Uh, and, and there is, a, I think, a psychological blow to be landed here. Uh, especially if the Springboks win in Dublin, um, that you know they haven't done that since 2012. Okay, they've only played um, you know, two more times in, that, in 2014 and 17. But still, it's uh, it would be a big blow because it, it would sit at the back of the mind. I mean, if you go back to 2018 and 19, the Springboks made it a priority to beat the All Blacks in New Zealand uh, for no other reason than to build their own self belief and. Um, and I think that will be the same case. Yeah, if they can beat Ireland in Dublin, then there's no reason why they can't beat Ireland in France next year. Like I, I remember the the comments from the famous, infamous comments from Jake White uh, before the tests in, in November 2004. Not one single Irish player would make the South African starting 15. And then, of course, that's three days before the the Irish team went on to win that game. Like if you if you, if you look at the matchups on the field. Like, how dominant do you think either side can be in, in, in terms of areas of the pitch? Because we, we, we've got the teams now, so it's an element of matchups and, um, I guess, seeing where... Like, if you're from a South African perspective, where on the Irish team are you targeting? Well, just for the flyer, I mean, you know, if you can neutralise him or at least um, reduce his influence on the game uh, around the breakdown, then you're going to, you know, you're going to have a, a better afternoon, aren't you? Um, they line out James Ryan... Tyg Byrne, I mean, fantastic. So when you look at those those packs, there's there's very little in it, um, and it's going to be a case of maybe just winning one or two moments, poaching a line out here, uh, winning a breakdown there, um, and 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 I think that's going to be the real key battle, as it usually is. Um, I'm not sure what the weather's going to be tomorrow, but 
<laughs> in my experience of going to Dublin about five times for matches, it's never dry. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, so the Springbok back three is quite interesting with Chesham, Colby, Kirtley, Orange. So, okay, Macazella, Mapimpi is established there. Um, but, you know, Colby and Orange are steppers and runners. Um, and it's quite curious how the Springboks are going to deploy them tomorrow in what is likely to be difficult conditions with Johnny Sexton and Conor Murray raining down bombs on them. Uh, not that those guys can't handle it. So I think the little matchups are how Colby and RNC in particular handle the aerial onslaught, how the Springboks can neutralize Van der Flyer and Omani over the ball, um, and you know, and and in the lineouts whether Diogo and Elizabeth can poach a couple from from Ryan and Byrne. So you know the scrums again, the Springboks pride themselves in that area of the game. They've probably starting with their strongest front row with Malhaba, Kutsov, and Marks. Yeah, uh, although there is a theory that Bongi and Benambi is a better scrummager than Malcolm Marks, but of course Marks brings breakdown energy as well. Um, so it's really, I mean, it's a long waffle, I suppose, but it's really difficult to see. So it, it, I think it's going to come down to those key areas that it always does and who just manages it better on the day. One or two moments can change this game. And of course, we always have the... Uh, the other factor, TMOs and referees and interpretations, which you never know how it's going to go. Do you think this match would have a different psychological impact on either side if it was coming towards the end of the series rather than at the start? Because it kind of feels like everyone's binging it up and talking about it as like the matchup for both teams. But the fact that it's like the first match, there's still other ones coming, like it's Fiji and then Australia for us. Mm. Is there enough space there for, I suppose, teams to limit the psychological impact? If, say, Ireland do lose tomorrow, is there enough space there for them to say, okay, right, regroup, let's go on, or the same for South Africa? Yeah, I think Ireland haven't been together in quite a while, uh, since July, um, whereas the Springboks have had a whole rugby championship. So Ireland definitely probably starting a little rustier than the Springboks in this one. Um, so yeah, they might look at it that way. Well, if they lose this one, it's how they um, develop through the, the, the Autumn Internationals. From the Springbok point of view, their stated goal has been to win all the tests on this tour. Uh, so to achieve that, of course, you have to beat Ireland. So it will be a setback if they don't win. Um, they've never said it's going to be easy or they expect to win or anything like that, but their, their goal, and it has to be, is to win four out of four in this tour, and it's a tough tour. You've got France to come and England at the end of it outside of the, outside of the uh, uh, World Rugby window, so they won't be at full strength for that match. So, um, you know, I think if they're going to lose one, or if the one, one that would be acceptable to lose, it would be to England at the end of it because of what I've just pointed out. So I think the Springboks have put a lot of eggs in this basket, and the fact that they've gone absolutely full strength for this with a couple of tweaks with Colby at fullback which is, uh, you know, I think it's a, a Ninabe Erasmus um, plan that maybe we don't quite fully understand yet um, it tells you everything you need to know, the Springbok side has been set up with the best possible opportunity to win this match You mentioned Colby at, um, at fullback there Craig for the first time and I know his previous 20 caps have come on the wing so like and, and yet it's been mooted that this might happen for, for quite some time and of course it gives uh, Kirtley Allen to the Bulls um, player a bit of a chance to push on in the right wing I mean was there surprise at uh, this decision to play Chess and Colby in, at, at, at full back or has it been been received I guess with, with no surprise in, in South Africa as, as something that has been kind of coming down the pipeline a bit yeah, I mean, look, he started his career as a fullback at the Stormers in Western Province. Uh, he's played a lot of fullback uh, in France in club rugby. And in the modern game, the fullbacks and the wings are quite interchangeable in many ways, especially defensively where one falls back to take the high ball and, and or support each other. 
Um, so I think we will see a, a lot of the switching. And also, I think what it, it's a message it's sending is Kirtley Orenser has done enough to keep that right wing place. Mm. And Cheslin Colby has got to fight for it. And this is probably his way back to fight for it. So, you know, I think it says a lot about Orenser's performances. And I don't know how many of uh, your viewers would have watched um, his performance against the All Blacks in Nelspreet in the rugby championship. It was one of the exceptional performances of the season. And, uh, you know, he, he gets off the ground, he gets high off the ground, even though he's not a huge man. So dealing with aerial threat is not really a problem because he's so explosive and he's got great feet. But again, those were very different conditions, uh, you know, good weather to use your feet and to move. So they're going to face a different challenge. But I think it's also part of the Springbok strategy is to expose these guys to what they might experience in September and October in France next year. We saw the South African team up on screen for our, for our viewers there a moment ago. But um, like when you look at that centre partnership as well, Damien De Allende is a player a lot of people in Ireland will know up from his time with uh, with Munster, uh, and Jesse Creel as well is an interesting one. Um, like that centre partnership is uh, fairly it's fairly intimidating from an Irish perspective. Yeah, look, Jesse Creel is not Lucanio Am on attack. Mm. I think we can all accept that. Um, Lucanio Am is missed in the side, but. It's interesting that in um, you know the forty odd tests since Ninaba and Erasmus returned in twenty eighteen, either Creel or Am has started at fullback out of thirty out of all of them bar one. Uh, so started at outside centres, excuse me, all of them bar one, which was against Canada at the World Cup when Delende started there. So yeah, Creel's got a lot of experience. He's the general on defence. He will marshal the defence. He's a physical guy. He's pretty quick. He doesn't have the subtle hands or the feet of <clears throat> Lucanio Am, but he is there to shore up the defense uh, for the Springboks. And I guess what in what we know is going to be a tight test match, that's priority number one. Um, and Delinda, you know, he's got good hands and a great pass of the ball, but you don't see that a lot in the Springbok setup. Um, but the box have actually evolved their game a little bit this season. They've certainly looked to move the ball a lot more. They haven't always been accurate or clinical, but... Uh, even the games they lost to Australia, they spent an inordinate amount of time in Australia's uh, red zone and couldn't put it away. And it's something they've been working towards. And a big factor in that, of course, is the influence of Damien Willemso, who's come in and done so well this season. He's such a playmaker. Uh, now he's moved to 10. He started the season at fullback, played 12, 13. And, um, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup too because um, I don't think the Irish have really seen Damien Williams in this kind of form and confidence. Mm. And it will be interesting to see how he approaches this game because, of course, it's going to be a tactical battle in, in probably uh, wet conditions. But he's, he's also the kind of guy that is always looking for the opportunity to attack, which is maybe not what we've become used to in the Springbok DNA over the last two seasons. Do you think it's quite... Um we often talk in, in media about the, the size of the South African pack and the size of the South African team generally and the bomb squad and the, the customary but intimidating 6-2 split on the bench as well, Craig. like, Is it almost at a point where it's lazy that we, we just kind of pigeonhole South Africa as just this, they're just this big physical team? They have other attributes, but that seems to be the one that we all zone in on before the game's against them. Oh, look, there's no getting away that they're physical. Big, I mean, big's really, I mean, the Irish side's big. I mm. mean, actually, the Springbok side, when you, when they do pack weights, they're often lighter than their opposition. Um, so, you know, big, you know, that doesn't really matter. They're all big, aren't they? I mean, anyone who's at six foot seven or whatever, <laughs> they, they, they're big people. Um, where the Springboks do probably, uh, people don't see them as, as ball players. But if you've watched Eben Etzebeth's form, Lurt de Jager's form this season, 
the two of them in running off shoulders, taking short passes, getting through holes, popping passes. There's definitely a, a, a change, and it's not always that accurate, but there's definitely a switch in the way the Springboks are playing. Um, you might not see too much of that tomorrow. The conditions might dictate something else. But it's, they're certainly um, they, they're better ball players than you, than you probably give them credit for. And among that 6-2 split, the bomb squad, in fact, they've got two small sticks of dynamite in Dion Ferry and Parker Smith uh, among the forwards. Both those guys are, are under six foot tall and they're just dynamic, explosive runners and hard on the ground. So the Springbok game plan you can see in the final quarter is to dominate the breakdown battles, to dominate the carry with those two explosive runners. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting last 20, I think, in this match. Do you think that slight change towards, like, not even moving away from the physical, but I suppose giving South Africa that extra element when it comes to the runners and stuff, is that in preparation for the World Cup where they're kind of starting to bring it into the game now in the hope that when the World Cup does roll around, they have something extra that will push them through to the final? Yeah, they had to evolve their game, didn't they? You can't, you can't go four years of kicking and mauling and expect that opposition aren't going to find ways around it. Um, so they've had to grow their game, and that was always part of the plan. You, you know, I, I suppose you remember they all missed 2020 as well because the Springboks did not play a match uh, during the height of COVID. Uh, so their development took a, took a setback. I think the idea was to use 2020 in, uh, as a real growth season with the view to the British and Irish Lions, but then, of course, they didn't play. 2021 came. It was all about just beating the Lions. We have to beat them. It doesn't matter how. Uh, and we won't go into that because uh, that's, uh, we all know what happened there with Rossi Erasmus. But, uh, and, and so once that was done, then they could start going, okay, well, let's try and add some layers. And we saw some of that in last year's rugby championship. I don't know if you remember the Cunningham's beautiful around the back pass uh, to set up their lenders try. And, and we've seen a lot more of that. Um, they'd probably be a bit further along the line in this, this sort of change of tack had they had the extra season. Um, and yes, uh, yeah, France... Obviously, they're playing a few games down in Marseille. Even in September, October, the conditions are likely to be uh, quite conducive to good ball-in-hand rugby. So I think the Springboks are certainly trying to round their game and not just be a one-trick pony because people have caught up, people have caught on, and are matching them in that aspect of the game. So they need to find something else. Some nice comments coming in uh, on the YouTube channel, Craig. People uh, praising your, your analysis. I think the Irish are sweetening you up ahead of ahead of the match tomorrow. Uh, a comment from a South African as well. Bach pack is smaller than the French and English and sometimes New Zealand. People overstate our size in the pack, uh, says LB on YouTube. Um, finally, uh, Craig, I don't know what you make of the, the jersey situation. I don't know if you've heard the bit of a controversy, controversy over here in terms of the similarity in the jerseys for the game. Um, could cause I, I, absolute I've carnage. heard it, but I thought they would... Someone would have to wear white, surely, or, or some, whatever. You imagine so. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if the Springboks have packed their alternative jerseys yeah. with them, but um, um, I hope sense prevails, because I mean, that would be the height of amateur if they both go out there looking almost identical. Um, and we've seen that so many times, certainly in the Super Rugby days. We saw that, and it used to drive me nuts. Um, and, you know, it just shouldn't be happening at this level. So hopefully sense prevails. I mean, traditionally, the home side in rugby wears their away strip when there's a clash, don't they? So that's always been sort of rugby's way of doing it, where it obviously works the other way in football. Um, I don't really mind who wears what, just as long as it doesn't clash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as you say, hopefully sense does prevail. Craig, uh, score prediction, or uh, who's going to win and by how much? <laughs> I'm going to go with my heart on this one, not fully with my head. I think Springboks are are desperate enough and when they when they on they're good enough to beat anyone in the world and I don't know if they're going to be on tomorrow so I'm going to give them a win by something around 
23-19, something like that. Right, okay. So the two South Africans we found on this week so far both predicted a Springbok win. Shocking that. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Craig, uh, listen, enjoy the match. Thanks a million for your, for your time as always. It'll be here. Thanks a lot. It was nice to be on. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.